Induced Fire Nation. It's your boy, West Coast Rail, joined by my guy, Devin Armstrong. What's going on? You're, we here. We ready to talk no, about man. some Spartans football, ready to talk yeah. about some Spartans news, all things Spartans, everything going on. We're going to cover it today. Yes, yes, sir. And thank y'all for listening. This is the Spartan Dogs podcast. Um, first things first, uh, we want to go ahead and uh, talk about the Washington game. Um, uh, it was uh, it was an ass whooping kind of in the story, you know. Um, I kind of figured it. I kind of thought it would be. I, I was uh, definitely on the we're not I was on the the I wasn't on the verge but I was definitely like I don't see us winning this game like I was just I was trying to be convinced otherwise um and then when they played um it didn't take long for me to be like yeah I guess I was right cuz uh yeah this ain't it um and no one stepped up and played well at all I don't I don't believe right nope there wasn't really any single standouts. But there are standouts in the other way. Uh, I have plenty of plenty of things to say. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to start off, before I get to the coordinators, I have to start off with Noah Kim um, in saying that I, I, I want to say I'm going to place a little bit of blame on Noah Kim just because I knew if we were going to win this game uh, versus Washington that he could not have a slow start like he did the previous two games. And it happened again. You know, the inaccuracy in the first half, he just didn't get in rhythm. He, so, unfortunately, he is a rhythm quarterback. Once he once he can complete two or three passes in a row, then that's when you see Noah Kim be very effective. But when he's throwing wildly, throwing at the dirt, Throwing at people's feet, it's just or throwing behind or throwing ahead. It's just it's not what you need. And I'm just like, you know, this is not the uh this is not the quarterback for me. Um, I was a Noah Kim fan at the beginning, but now I say it like this if we gonna go down and have a seven six win season, I much rather see uh Hauser in there at this point because we need something. We need something different. I, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily want to say uh, that Hauser is better. He might be though. But at this point, I rather, if I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose with the youngster. That's how I see it. So. Yeah, I can. You know what? I can definitely. Um, definitely agree with that. Just it, it's it, it, watching that game was frustrating because you felt like in the beginning, if we were able to build some momentum and get on track with the offense that, you know, you felt like maybe the game could have been closer. Maybe there was a chance we could pull an upset, you know, the way momentum swings and the way things go. Uh, momentum is a huge thing in the sport of football. Massive. I mean, any sport in general, but I mean, absolutely massive in football. Mm -hmm. It can it just it dynamically change the game so much. And there were just a couple throws. I mean, there were, there were a couple throws that Noah Kim missed that I'm just thinking to myself, you cannot miss those as a D1 right. college quarterback trying to go to the league or next level, whatever it may be, or just elevating to that next level in college football, like trying to get to being able to play for a chance to compete for your conference championship when you got a top 10 opponent like this at home. Like there are certain throws that you have to make. And the fact I that agree. he wasn't able to make some of those throws, like that key third down to um, Nathan Carter, that would have, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm me personally with my, uh, my uh, overzealous brain, I would have thinking that Nathan Carter would have caught that on the run, probably would have scored a touchdown. Mm. But uh, at the very least, he would have gotten the first down, without right. a doubt. 
and that would have kept that drive going, and we could have potentially put up at least three points. Uh, you know, obviously we want to cash it in for seven, six, and an extra okay. point, but you know, at least they would have had three in our back pocket. But missed that throw, and they were just just out of sync overall, and it just didn't look like anybody was out there. It looked like they gave up at some point. There just wasn't Once, a whole lot going on out there. I mean, it was just not. You're right. It was just nothing going on, and I I made. A- Beforehand, saying the keys to the game, and I said, "Yeah, they had to run the football." There was no way in my mind that Michigan State could ever keep up with Washington. I knew that my, Michael Penix Jr. was the man, and I I've seen the Washington games, the p- two previous Washington games uh, that they played this season, and I was like, "Oh, this is the same offense." Doesn't even they have wide receivers wide open? I mean, this is just one of those offenses that you just can't you can't outscore. You have to come up with a different way. And in my mind, Washington's defense was not as good. I, they made Michigan State, well, obviously, Noah Kim with his inaccuracies made Washington's defense look way better than they really are. Um, and I thought that we could run the football on them. It didn't show, you know, Nathan Carter only had, you know, he had 17 carries for 48 yards, basically only two yards, 2.8 yards of carry, which is not going to get it done, even though three yards is still good, but still, you know. It just wasn't getting it done. But I think we should have stayed. I don't know. I, I would rather have stayed with it and, and chewing up the clock because the, our defense didn't have anything for their, for their offense. And, I mean, they just did whatever they wanted to do, man. Did I don't even think they punted. They might no. have they, they done it. I don't know. I, actually, no, I heard that they didn't punt. I don't think we ever got an opportunity to be able to really get off the field. They were just pretty much scoring, and we were getting the ball back on a kickoff, essentially. So, so it was that's just, all that was going on there. It was sad, and I do want to see um, Kane Hauser out there. I want to see him out there. I just need a new quarterback. I need somebody who can get in the rhythm quicker than Noah Kim. I say that Noah Kim is a terrible quarterback, but I just need somebody who can – we need good players. We need players that, you know, we need dogs, man. We need Spartan dogs. I don't know where. I mean, Jordan uh, Jordan Hall, freshman, linebacker, dog. Showed out, showed effort, gave, gave. He didn't, he wasn't the one that gave up. Seemed like. No, I mean, there were, there were plenty, there were plenty of guys out there, you know, still trying to play, still trying to do what they needed to do, but just overall just felt like the team, his morale was definitely down and they just, they weren't there all there just wasn't a whole lot going on for them they just weren't playing up to what they needed to play and i mean it it still to me is a little bit of a talent issue there's still the i mean Mm. just you know with with washington's offense you know looking at michael Penix jr's receiving core is receiving options i think at least two to three of those guys are going to go play on sunday oh yeah especially very good that one i forgot his last name but it starts with an o i can't even say it right now but he's definitely going uh, in the first three rounds of the draft, for sure, he is very good as a as a wide receiver. Um, but it's funny that you said that it was a talent thing. I was like, "Damn, you're absolutely right, Devin. That it, it is a talent discrepancy out there on the field." But you know, one thing I want to say this: Mike Valeni said this uh, on his radio show. He said that loss represented four years worth of recruiting by Mel Tucker. And that's the product that you see out there. And I was like, damn, he's absolutely right. 
Because you know the defense. I mean, we have a couple of D'Antonio guys still on the defense, but if you think about it, the D line is basically all Tucker. Linebacker besides Kyle Holiday, that should be all Tucker. Secondary, I believe, is all Tucker. And uh, yeah, we we still can't get it done. So, what did Mel Tucker really do? I mean, did did Mel Tucker in four years does he have anybody that he recruited that is that that could go to the league right now? Does do you see anybody? Hmm. Kind of hard to say. I mean, the D line was the D line was improved definitely, but it's still the secondary just can't cover receivers. We didn't get a, we didn't touch Michael Penis Jr. I don't believe that D line is improved until oh. I until I see by Job out there. I don't yeah. think the D line <laughs> don't do anything. Yeah, I can I can see you know we don't really have we haven't generated the pass rush. Um, and unfortunately, I mean D'Antonio kind of spoiled us a little bit when it comes to. Um, having excellent defenses and just the the one thing about the Spartans teams that were under D'Antonio, I can't really remember a team under him that had like particularly like a bad defense, like a, like a Scotty Hazleton right. uh, we, ranked defense. I can't yeah. ever, I mean, maybe, maybe he's had some, you know, maybe at, at his lowest moments had like a top 30 defense, mm-hmm. something of that nature. But for the most part, I mean, he, D'Antonio had like top three defenses in the Big Ten, top ten in the country. Like, he had mm-hmm. great defenses. It was just sometimes the offense wasn't there. Right. And that was the biggest problem. But now we're seeing the um, the total opposite. But, I mean, the offense isn't really that great either. But now we're just seeing the total debacle of just bad football in general. And there was – to me, there was a particular reason that Mel Tucker did bad at Colorado. Granted, mm-hmm. I understand that Colorado's at Pac-12 school, to me – I'm not. I, I mean, for the rest of the sports world, I'm not really sure how they feel about the Pac-12 conference in general. But I always felt like the Pac-12 conference was right behind the Big Ten and the SEC. I never felt like the ACC was. I always felt like the ACC and Big Twelve were behind the Pac-12. Pac-12's got too much great history with uh, at least four of the schools out there: right, U, UCLA, U, USC, USC, Oregon, and Washington. Oregon, yeah. So, but um, <clears throat> anyways, getting off track there a little bit. There's just there's just the talent issue and just. We're not, you know, Antonio had heart and there was a lot about him to like and going out there to play. And it really mm-hmm. helps when you win a lot of bowl games, you beat like the top dog in your conference. That helps with bringing more recruits there. But East Lansing is not the most attractive place in the world. Well, not, we not right now. We know that just even, even before this Mel Tucker mess, even before this, it, just weather and just, how how things are like just as compared to you know somebody like even the U Miami recruiting somebody come to Miami we got beaches we got this we got that and you get to play college football and we're paying you now nil come on or I mean just somewhere in the south where the weather's a little bit better a little bit more consistent Florida State Florida I mean like come on now Texas got that oil money you're playing in Texas it's nice warm but I mean who wants to come play in rainy cold East Lansing I if mean, we're not if they're not getting big money. I mean, if you produce a winner, these kids are going anywhere. Think about it like this. Deion Sanders, you talk about Colorado. You said Colorado's, a, you know, Colorado's Colorado. Now, who the fuck wants to go to Colorado? But Colorado's Deion, a pretty Deion, Deion, Deion Sanders is over there now, and he's putting together some wins. He's putting together, he should be putting together a winning program over there. Mm-hmm. I, and it's cold. You know, it's, it's, it's a snowy state. You know what I'm saying? And uh, 
you'll see. You'll see. I mean, if you build a winner, they will come. Yeah, that's that's the mindset you have to have. I agree with that. You they, that stuff, if you, you do, know, if you do build a winning culture, you will attract better talent and whatnot. It's just at this point right now with um what's happened the last couple of years. I mean, we yes, Mel Tucker has beaten Michigan twice, but we haven't even come close to beating Ohio State at all. And that that's all on Tuck. You can't you I can't blame anybody else for him. The mm-hmm. Only come close at all. And the only thing it's yeah, Washington and Ohio State got our number. There's no other way to see it. But and it's gonna be a, even more of a, a butt kicking <laughs> when we face Ohio State this year. Probably and maybe Michigan. If they don't I think we might play it with a little bit of heart versus Michigan, but I still want to see Hauser out there for quarterback. But I say like this the only thing with Mel Tucker being fired now. The only positive is that he has a winning record versus Michigan. That's the only positive I can ever say about him. Other than that, it was it's dog water. It's it's, it's there's nothing. Peach Bowl win. That yeah, and Peach Bowl win without Kenneth Walker. That's the only win. That's the only win he got. <laughs> That's <laughs> that is significant without Kenneth Walker with the Peach Bowl victory. And you, you and it was it was a shootout. So it was what it was. But but hey, you know. It happened. Uh, Washington kicked our ass. Uh, you know, now we got to you know look to the future. Um, I want to know this from you, Devin. Uh, if you were the athletic director or whatever, and uh, you had your way with the uh, Spartan football team, like, are you firing everybody? Are you just cleaning the house at this point? Might as well. There's um, there's no sense in keeping around the coaches that are just not able to produce. I mean, Scotty Hazleton, Big 12 coordinator. I mean, just I think the country maybe more in-depth sports analysis and podcast hosters maybe can correct me on this more or less since I am more of a casual. But <clears throat> Big 12 conference as a whole to me has never been the strong suited for defense. Right. Big 12, big, I mean, they produce, I mean, every college has an NFL caliber player on their defense, for sure, without a doubt. Um, at least the, some of the really high-end Power 5 schools. But right. just as a whole, mm-hmm. Big 12 schools do not play defense. I mean, I can remember just, you know, prime example, a couple of years ago watching, I believe it was Oklahoma and Oklahoma State mm-hmm. play, and the final score was like 63 to 61. Oh, yeah. If you were just seeing that on the teleprompter, not actually watching the game, you would have thought it was basketball. Yep. But that was football. And I watched that whole game and I could not believe it because I don't ever recall in my life seeing a Big Ten game between two top rated opponents, in state rivals. I have never watched a Michigan Michigan State game have that high of a score. Not once. I've never watched Ohio State and Michigan State have that high of a score. I've seen Ohio State put up freaking. 50, 60 points on Michigan before, but I've never seen it to where both teams are scoring that high. Right. In any Big Ten, any, any Big Ten game I've ever watched, hundreds at this point, never seen that. Uh, so, nope. bringing somebody from that, from that conference with that kind of track record, knowing exactly how that stuff goes down, it just, to me, that wasn't the smartest decision in the world, regardless of how they felt, what it may be. Now this just isn't this isn't you know me saying that I can do any better. I've never been one of the fans. I'm not an armchair quarterback or an armchair coach. Mm-hmm. I've never thought that I could do better. But just based upon what I'm seeing and given the track record of that conference, defensive coordinators down there, it's that wasn't a smart hire. 
no. Now that we see it, now that we see it play out, of course, of course not. Uh, Scotty Hayes then has to look yourself in the mirror and be like, yeah, I don't think I'm cut out for the Big Ten Conference. And I, not everybody can come in here and coordinate in the Big Ten. Not everybody can come in here and head coach clearly in the Big Ten and win. You know, it, it, it comes with some grit. When you come in here in the Midwest, you, it's got to be some grit to you. That's just, just different, you know. So, you know, we, we found out that Mel Tucker, you know, was a fraud. And that was it, you know, uh, $95 million. Um, thank God we got $80 million of it. You know, we're going to put that towards a new head coach. <laughs> and uh, hopefully Tucker can, wins a lawsuit. Uh, which he she might. Very well, well, he, very well could. he might. He might. But he won't be able to get his full 80 regardless, though. They could come to an agreement and uh, negotiate a buyout. Other than that, you know, you might, like I say, you can give him $20 million, give him $20, 30000000 because – I think he about to go through a divorce, and you know, his I think his wife, his ex wife, is gonna take half. So he's trying to get, you know, he's trying to set himself up because if you think about it, this is gonna be Mel Tucker's last big paycheck. If you think his last paycheck, I mean, who, who, like, where are you going after this? After all this stuff happened to you, where what are you gonna do with your life? So he's like, hey, let me get as much money as I possibly can out of this, and let me go sit down for like two, three years, and then maybe he can get back into something once. People forget about what you did, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as it wasn't egregious to where you can never coach again. But I think it's gonna take a couple of years for people, you know. Maybe some other scandals have to come out for you to just slide under the radar, you know, and become a coordinator or something like that somewhere down the line. But you know, it is what it is. But I, I do want to know, man. Do you have any idea? Like, do you have any thought process on who should be the next coach? Do you have any candidate? Out there, period. Obviously, we've all seen kind of the takes and that everybody's throwing out there. Um, just, you know, before I jump into that, you know, just <clears throat> one more thing I do want to kind of touch on with Mel Tucker. Um, okay. He, you know, in in the unison as Michigan State alumni and not alumni fans, we're all in agreement at this point that Mel Tucker's gone. He's never going to be the head coach of Michigan State again. He's going to get fired. He's gone. He's not coming yes. back. We're all in agreement upon that. I don't see any reason for anybody to him leave the man alone let's move on he mm-hmm. made his mistake made his bed he's gonna lay in it he's got to deal with the problem everybody else let's move on yeah look forward to the future we can't be harping on the past but <clears throat> as far as uh the next head coach i've seen a lot of different names be thrown out there you know yep. a bunch of mac level coaches not really super of. interested in not at um, all you know some people are out there throwing out nick saban to come back come on now urban meyer i mean that'd be the craziest twist of all time True, but there's a lot of different names. Then even uh, Minnesota's coach PJ Fleck, which, eh, I'm not really Good. sure about that one. Good luck on that uh, one. But as I was telling you before we got the uh, before we got today's show rolling or tonight's show rolling, one name that was interesting to me that was brought up on a radio show, I believe it was the um, the uh, the 97.1 Fan Ohio mm-hmm. radio station. I was listening huh. to. They brought up an interesting name, which was uh, Jonathan Smith. And for those that don't know who Jonathan Smith is, Jonathan Smith is the Oregon State head coach, current Oregon State head coach. He was also a quarterback at Oregon State from 1998 to 2001. He was an MVP for one of the bowl games they won, okay. uh, the Fiesta Bowl specifically. And he currently has a record of um, 29 and 31 as a head coach, but I believe 
I'm not mistaken, his Oregon record is 20. Okay, that is his full Oregon record. Okay, so he's 29 and 31 as the Oregon State head coach. <clears throat> and he's been there for about four years now, I think. Five years, maybe. Okay. I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> so, and he's currently one and one in bowl records. He's kind of turned the program around because Oregon State was kind of a laughing stock for a little while. Mm. But he is turning the program around, heading them in the right direction, getting them to where they need to go. So that was the only one that was kind of interesting Mm -hmm. to me, so to speak. It was, uh, it was different. Like it wasn't, you know, somebody, it wasn't somebody who's unrealistic to me, like Nick Saban or Urban Meyer. And then some of these Mac level coaches, but somebody different at a program. That's not necessarily, I would say a blue blood in football, but definitely not. You know, we didn't pull like another Mel Tucker out of one and eleven Colorado or something, right? Oregon State's um, halfway decent, so maybe it's somebody who could come in and salvage the program. Maybe, but I mean, I, I you know, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I think the Michigan State can get a get a better guy than that. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. If you're if, listen, I say it like this: people are like you said when people uh, start throwing those Mac coaches um, as far as thinking that they're going to be candidates for Michigan State. I'm looking at it like this: Michigan State had the balls to offer a person ninety five million dollars to come head coach them. Now, clearly, we're not going to do that. We're not doubling up on ninety five million, but I mean, I think we can throw sixty million, fifty million out there, and and someone someone good. You know, I'm looking at a, a Ryan Grubb, who is who we just seen kick our ass, and that is Washington's offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it like that. I want to see that in East Lansing. If if you know, if I could, now true, we got to go find a Michael Penix Jr. to come run that thing. But if he can get the wide receivers, like I just think that we would have such a better Better time watching. Like if Washington had, if, if Michigan State had Washington's offensive coordinator, um, we could probably keep up with Washington if that was the case. You know, you could see that sixty-one, sixty-three type score. But we have Jay Johnson, and we all know Jay Johnson. Once he gets fired, he's not going to get another offensive coordinator job. In the Big Ten, in the SEC, he probably has to go to the MAC. He has to go to the MAC and offensive coordinator over there after this job. So that's where I'm at with, with it. I've heard uh, Duke head coach, which I'm okay with, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I like what he's done with Duke, uh, a basketball uh, program. He's turned into a tough – it's a tough Duke team. I, I really like it. If you get a chance, catch a Duke game and you'll see what I'm talking about. He's pretty good. And I also heard um, Colorado's offensive coordinator um, who used to play – who used to uh, be a head coach at Kent State. Now, I heard that people do not like that because he's a you know, former MAC head coach. But the what he is producing, you have to you, – you can't deny what the man is producing, though. I understand that he came from the MAC. He left there. He, now he's the offensive coordinator, which is a demotion in most people's eyes. But you know, we need somebody who can. We need. I, what do you want? This is what I want to say. I ask you this, Devin. What would you rather have be our next head coach, an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator? 
Which one? Definitely probably the offense coordinator. Just taking a look again at um at Jonathan Smith, um his progression. So his first so his first five years or his first couple of years at Oregon State, obviously not the best. Kind of where the twenty nine and thirty one record comes into play. Mm-hmm. But um just to kind of give you so the last two seasons, twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, so just starting with twenty twenty one. He finished seven and six. I know not the world's greatest, but finished seven and six, five and four in the Pac twelve. Um they went to a bowl game. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to see if they I'm trying to see if the bowl game was, but anyways, it's not pulling up for me. So but they did go to a bowl game, and then the 2022 season last year is kind of what I want to focus on because a lot of the times in sports, um, somebody from somebody great in New York sports, I can't remember who it is, and maybe you can correct me on this, but um, somebody quoted at one point saying, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Not sure if you remember right off top. I can't remember right off the top of my head. I feel really bad because that's a wonderful, awesome, amazing sports quote. But just going off um, his 2022 season, I'm not sure if you're aware or not. Oregon State finished ten and three. They were third. I'm sorry, fourth in the uh, in the Pac-12, finishing at number seventeen. Okay. At the end of the season, they won the bowl game they were invited to against Florida, thirty to three. Okay. So, to me, recently showing that you're. They had three losses. They went six and three in the conference, ten and three overall. So they won all their outside of conference games. Won six within, lost three. Assuming probably the three they lost to was probably like you and mm-hmm. between USC, Utah, Washington, and Oregon, whoever they played, right off top of the head. But they just were <clears throat> so okay. Actually, just looking at it right here, yeah, they took a loss to USC, Utah, um, and Washington. They were at Utah and at Washington, and then at home against USC. Okay. And they were very well outside of the Utah game. Looks like they kind of got beat up a little bit, uh, forty-two to sixteen. But they lost to USC seventeen to fourteen, and they lost to Washington twenty-one to twenty-four. So overall, not bad. And they beat Oregon last year, thirty thirty-eight to thirty-four. So that was their last game of the season. So. I don't know. May, maybe this guy might have a little bit of something to it. I might have to yeah. start watching some more or checking out some uh, Oregon State games, see what this guy's got to go. But True, you know. I, I, true but I need to see you double it up. I mean, I don't expect 10 wins again, but I want to see eight or nine wins for sure. And then I can say, okay, he's got something. Because, you know, if you think about it, Mel Tucker did the same thing. And, and then after that, he was just mm-hmm. trash. So, you know, we got to see. You know, we want to see some – Consistency. Once consistency happens, then I believe you could be definitely a, a a candidate for a big hire. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. or or definitely a, a a raise in what you're doing. So I will keep keep an eye on him though. I I like that the fact that they went ten and three and, and won some big games in the Pac-12. I think that is impressive. But other than you know, as far as um, I've always been an offensive person. I want to see an offense coordinator be the head coach. I've always noticed that um, outside of maybe Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Most um, winning football teams have offensive-minded guys at the helm. Like, I mean, take a look at the NFL. Um, the Eagles head coach, uh, God forbid, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Is it Peterson? Yeah. No, no, Doug Peterson is down in Florida, Jacksonville. 
Okay. But um, okay, you're the new right. Guy, the new guy they had, um, who's been there for two years, three years now, I think. Yeah. But uh, then you take Andy Reid out of Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, now yeah. two-time Super Bowl champion with Patrick Mahomes. You're right. One of the greatest offensive minds ever. I mean, that Kansas City Chiefs are always a threat, always favorited, no matter which match they're going into. Yeah. That's what I've always been. I mean, we'll even use we'll use a little bit of the college example. Um, Ryan Day with Ohio State. I mean, I think you know. I know he's zero two against Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, he's one and two because they did beat him right. in 2019. Um, he's one and two currently with Jim Harbaugh or against Jim Harbaugh, but he still had more success in the playoff than Jim Harbaugh and in the postseason. He's been to True. a championship game. He beat Trevor Lawrence in Clemson. So True. he's had more success, and he's an offensive guy. So I agree. I, I to me, I want to see somebody offensive wise. Granted, D'Antonio was great and defensive mind, awesome, wonderful, amazing. We won a Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl, all types of different mm-hmm. things. But yeah. let's get an offensive guy out there. Yeah, I agree. It's time. It's time for some offense to shine. We need somebody who can. Get these guys the ball, man. We, you know what I say? We don't have. Well, I, I won't say that either. But I believe we are more talented than what we see on Saturdays. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we have talented guys. Now they might not be. They might not be able to start on on Alabama or Georgia. You know, but I or, or Ohio State, but I believe that they are good enough to 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 hang with people and, and win some very good games. But if you don't have anybody to lead you that knows what to do, then you're not going anywhere. It doesn't matter how good you are. So I'm just, you know, hopefully Michigan State gets it right next time. Um, and I know this next coach is going to be on a very short leash. I'm talking about a two year, three year at the max leash. You won't have four years to get your guys in there to do something. They're going to need to see you do something with Mel Tucker's guys. And and once that happens, then you can, you know, get an even bigger raise. You know, Banker's contract have incentives in it, which I'm pretty sure it will. So, But other than that, man, uh, go ahead. Just, you just got to get in there, get some, get some stability. Something. That's that's Absolutely the biggest right. thing that I'm looking forward to. Is just get some stability, mm-hmm. get something going on in that sense, and just get some stability. Go out there and play with your hearts. Play with everything that you need to play. Like there's the guys that are out there playing right now. I mean, if they want to, if they want to sit here and play well and do what they need to do. And they need to need to continue to play with heart. Oh, funny thing, I know this might not be um, this might not be anything uh, anything of significance, but I just happened to notice as I was looking on Twitter here, kind of checking out and seeing uh, who the next person was that Oregon State was going to play and what time they played. Play. Hayden Hauser follows Coach Jonathan Smith on Twitter. Mm. Mm. Interesting. True. Interesting. Wonder if they. I don't know if maybe Kate Hauser is being recruited by them at some point, but hmm. maybe. Interesting. Interesting. interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, something. To, something. To, something to tweet about for sure. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. But uh, shoot. Um, what was I about to ask you? Because it's you know. Oh yes, next game, Maryland. 
What do you expect? What do you what do you what are you thinking? Um you know, if they if they there's a couple routes they can go here. They can go out there and continue to have the same game plan and maybe Tua's brother probably beats us. Right. Again. <laughs> right. But or they can go out there with a different defensive game plan and plan on doing this and Noah Kim's accurate and we end up winning the game. Or they could totally pull the one eighty on us, something that we're just totally not expecting, and start Kate and Hauser. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Um, I'm just going to kind of watch the game. We're going to see if maybe they turn it around. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then obviously we know we're in for a long season and probably yeah, not going to make a bowl game. Exactly. But maybe they'll come out there and they'll play with a little bit more fire under their ass. Yeah, I agree. Um, I be- well, I don't. I haven't heard anything uh, about um, Noah Kim or Hauser coming in or whatnot. But boy, I tell you, the first sign. Of Noah Kim starting slow, Hauser will be in there. So this is on Kim. If if y'all want to give Kim another shot, I'm okay with it. But he he you gotta get in his face and be like, if you start slow, I want you to take your jersey off midfield and just walk to the locker room. I don't want you to do that. That's it. You're you're just done. That's it, we're calling it. That's exactly what I'm doing because you can't. We just can't. I'm not about to sit up here and go through that every single game. You can, you can, you can kiss my ass. I'm not going through that every single game. Noah Kim throwing 13 incompletions before he gets in rhythm to to you know have a good game. Like mm-hmm. no, that's that that's not going to get you in the pros either. So Noah Kim, you have to realize, hey, I don't care. You know what I say, Noah Kim? If you want to be good, go out there 30 minutes to 40 minutes before the game and you throw. You know, throw some passes. Get your arm warmed up, man. Get get connected with these wide receivers. Get all the wide receivers out there, and you guys run a seven on seven type stuff just to get acclimated, so that you can get in rhythm early before mm-hmm. the game starts. You have to prepare that way. You you know you if you know you start slow, and you in your in your mind you'd be like, you know what, I can't start slow this game. I can't. Or I'm gonna lose my job. You would prepare. As if you don't want to lose your job, you're like, hey, I'm going to show them that I can be accurate early and be consistent. Once you do that, everybody will get off your t- everybody get off your butt. But if you start slow again and you don't make any, you don't score any points, you don't throw a touchdown, none, none of that stuff in the first half, bro. I, what what are we going to do? I'm not about to sit up here and watch that every sun every, every Saturday. Are are you? No, I'll turn on Oregon State. They play, <laughs> they play at four o'clock on Saturday against Washington State. I'll turn that on. That's what I'm saying. Like it'll be an unwatchable game. Like, like I'm sorry to say, but I turned it off at halftime. I don't. I just seen when Hauser came in, which he should have been in a lot earlier than that. But that's on Jay Johnson. Stupid behind, but that's all right. This is this is Jay Johnson, Scotty Hayes. This y'all last season with Michigan State. I want you to enjoy it as much as you can. You know, I know y'all gonna be begging other people for jobs, and you know, I hope you don't get it. How about that? But uh, you know, I, this is what we got to look forward to. Um, if I was a player, I don't know. I would try to give him my all, but sh- boy, this defensive secondary is it's, it's just ooh we. What like what do you do, Devin? What can you do? 
So go out there, try your best, and we'll see what happens. Try something new. The way, uh, I mean, what's the definition of insanity? Rel doing the same yeah, thing, thing over, over and over, <laughs> expecting a and, different result. Yep, expecting a different result. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's hopefully, right. Hopefully, they take that into consideration. They get that done, and they decide to try something different. Because, as I stated earlier in the podcast at the very beginning, what, uh, well, I mean, how much worse can it really get if you try a different defense? I agree. Or just try to blitz. Just try to do something different. Like you said, just try something different. Like at this point, you're already going to get fired. You might as well try something new. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You're already out the door. It's, you come on. You can eat. You're right. Damn, you're absolutely right. He might as well because, you know, you have nothing else to lose. Just do it. So, but that's, uh, that's about it for us today. Um, Definitely going to check out the game on Saturday. I think we we might end up doing one more podcast just to talk about Maryland just for a little bit. But if not, we'll definitely do the reaction to uh, Maryland on Sunday and put that out Monday sometime early next week. Uh, you got anything, Devin? Um, just uh, Spartan Nation. Let's just uh, let's just try to enjoy having football around for now and look forward to basketball. <laughs> Amen to that, man. And, um, thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out on Twitter. Make sure you listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or any other place that uh, you listen to podcasts. Make sure you go check us out. Um, until next time, go green. Go white. <laughs>